Are you also tired of one-size-fits-all weight loss plans? Meet Noom, the personalized solution that meets you where you are. Noom is able to understand your unique needs, from dietary restrictions to medical concerns. Unlike restrictive programs, Noom embraces your lifestyle and choices. Discover a sustainable approach to weight loss, tailored just for you. Honestly, Noom felt like it was made for me. It's not just about what I eat. It's about understanding why. With Noom, I've learned so much about myself and built healthier habits that stick. It's all about progress, not perfection. Say goodbye to restrictive diets and experience the Noom app for yourself with personalized lessons and expert coaching. Noom's psychology and biology-based approach has helped over 5.2 million people achieve their goals. Stay focused on what's important to you with Noom's psychology and biology-based approach. Sign up for your trial today at Noom.com. That's N-O-O-M.com. And check out Noom's first-ever cookbook, The Noom Kitchen, for 100 healthy and delicious recipes to promote better living. Available to buy now wherever books are sold. The holidays, for most of us in the Northern Hemisphere, are filled with cold evenings, frosted window panes, and many get-togethers. So, it's not hard to imagine one may get a gift from another that you wouldn't enjoy. A bit of the sniffles. To soothe your throat, you make this warm, alcoholic drink and settle down under a thick blanket. This beverage has traveled the world from India to Scotland and over to the United States. We're exploring the history and origins of the hot toddy. Welcome to another serving of Season's Eatings, the podcast which explores the history and origins of your favorite Christmas foods. This is a bonus episode of the podcast I like to call the Season's Eatings Side Dish. We're focusing on dishes that don't usually get the spotlight during the holidays. This season, I wanted to change it up a little bit and turn the focus on to some more seasonal beverages. Season's Eatings can be found wherever you download your favorite podcasts. Seasons Eatings is also found on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter. And if you love the show, then I humbly ask you to share this podcast with someone you think would love to hear more about the history of Christmas and the foods which shape our holiday we love so much. Also, I'd love to hear from you. So you can send me an email at seasonseatingspodcast at gmail.com. All the links to the show can be found at seasonseatingspodcast.com. It's cold, and the snow is falling. Maybe you've just come back from some caroling, or had some fun on a sleigh ride. You don't have a fireplace to warm you, but you do have whiskey, tea, honey, and lemon. So you turn to the hot toddy, your old winter warmer friend. You drink with appreciation that only viral praises and infinite lists of hot toddy variations married together on the internet can grant. But believe it or not, your liquid friend has been centuries in the making. The toddy as we know it started in British-controlled India. Toddy is from the Hindi word tari, spelled T-A-R-I, but pronounced with the R sound approaching an English D. From the Hindi word tar, 
meaning palm tree. In 1609, an English traveler to India described a goodly country abounding it with wild date trees, whence they draw a liquor called tari. They distilled this goo and mixed it with hot water and sugar. And by 1796, poet Robert Burns was praising it in Holy Fair. The lads and lassies blithely bent to mix both soul and body, sit round the table well content and steer about the toddy. This Scots toddy was what we now called a hot whiskey. The British, with their persistent habit of appropriating from conquered cultures, took that beverage and claimed it as their own. In the cold winters and everyday dampness of northern England and Scotland, pubs would pour hot water into Scotch whiskey. The United Kingdom's trade routes with India made exotic spices routine, and pubs started throwing more than hot water and whiskey into their drinks. In an article from the January 1st, 1871 edition of the New York Times, the origin of the word toddy comes from a well in Scotland. Here was and is a well called Todd's Well, whence Edinburgh in the bygone days, when water was a scarcer commodity than it ought to be in any well-regulated municipality. It may be mentioned that as aqua vitae in Latin, eau de vie in French, and uscabe in Highland Gaelic, severally mean the water of life. So toddy, of which the Scots seldom lose the love of the flavor, may be an allusion to Alan Ramsey's poem, The Morning Interview, to have meant water without any whiskey in it. Ramsey says that Scotland belongs to the feast, no costly tribute, but only some kettles full of Toddian spring, and explains the passage by the statement in a footnote that Todd's well supplies the city with water. The custom in Scotland in the whiskey trade to invoice whiskey as aqua lends strength to the supposition and tends to disprove that the word toddy is derived from India. This history is naturally disputed. It is also thought that the credit to the drink may be attributed to the Irish-born doctor, Robert Bentley Todd, for his prescription of a hot drink of brandy, canela or white cinnamon, sugar syrup and water. It is believed to have spread to North America when American colonists during the Revolutionary War would drink hot toddies as a form of liquid courage before needing to fight. Most likely, the truth is a combination of the two stories, where doctors heard about the hot toddies from India and started incorporating them into prescriptions. Regardless of the true origin, the drink made its way across the pond to the American colonies. Rum from the Caribbean and local brandy were the spirits of the day in America at the time. Thankfully for the colonists, the hot toddy lends itself well to variations and adaptations of local ingredients. Before the invention of this hot drink by Dr. Robert Todd, the Emerald Isle's drink of choice was a thing called simply whiskey punch. A straightforward mix of whiskey, a strong whiskey at that, with sugar, lemon peel, and just enough boiling water to make it hot. It was consumed by the tumblerful morning, noon, and night. For the 1750s, give or take a decade, up until the beginning of the next century, Ireland was literally punch drunk, 
And indeed, in 1821, King George IV could think no better way to show his affection for his Irish subjects than by, as he pledged, drinking their health in a bumper of whiskey punch. But then came a powerful anti-whiskey movement led by one Father Matthew, and after that the morning glass of lightly lemonized whiskey didn't seem like such a good idea. Far better than have a pint of Guinness for strength, as the old ads always says. Ask a modern Dublin bartender for a whiskey punch, and you'll get a blank look. And yet, should you find yourself at Kehoe's Crowded Bar at South Ann Street in the heart of Dublin, you'll notice among all the pints its patrons are holding, ring-handled glass after ring-handled glass, each containing a steaming pale amber liquid with a clove-studded lemon slice floating in it. That, says the bartender, that's a hot whiskey. Which is? It's just Powers whiskey with a little sugar, boiling water, and a slice of lemon. In other words, a whiskey punch. Nor has Kehoe's unique in this regard one informal survey of a dozen or so Irish bartenders, including more than a few pint-and-shot artists who claim no knowledge whatsoever of mixology, turned up not a single one who didn't know how to make a hot whiskey. It's the oldest trick in the book. Lie low for a while, then change your name and go back to doing what you're doing. Only not quite so much of it. But you can't blame the Irish. There are few drinks as instantly delightful as hot Irish whiskey punch, Powers is a rich, full-bodied whiskey, perhaps not as strong as those 200 years ago, but a hell of a lot older and mellower, with just a hint of sugar or sometimes honey, more for body than for sweetness, an equal portion of boiling water, and as much flavor a slice of lemon and a few cloves will give off without being crushed, mangled, or muddled into the mixture. It makes for a drink so smooth and obliging that you could see having more than one, many, many more than one. Many people believe the origin of all cocktails came from medicinal use, says Brandon Lockman, the head bartender at Portland, Oregon's Red Star Tavern, where the bar's collection of 250-plus bottles of whiskey inspired the toddy craving habits of patrons in cooler months. Early use for alcohol was to numb pain, so it seems natural that they're administered by drinking, said Lockman. I don't think many people are turning to cocktails for more serious ailments, but the toddy will always be a well-known throat soother, and it certainly helps with getting to sleep when you have a cold. We'll find out how the hot toddy may help with your cold after the break. On the Snow in Southtown Christmas podcast, we discuss Christmas movies, Christmas music, and we have fun segments where we always talk about something weird and something fun related to Christmas on each episode. If we're tired of making fun of Michael Bublé, I might recommend Pentatonics. I'm not going to play you two on this, on this podcast. Thank you. He's eating ice cream and crunch taters. He's just partying, man. Thank God it's them instead of you, right? I was going to say he was rolling over in his grave, but I don't think he's dead, but... Well, he's still doing it. When he heard Patty LaBelle, he <laughs> dug his grave and he rolled him. 
How about tens and twenties? Tens and twenties. Be sure to check out our website at snowandsouthtown.wordpress.com, where you'll find links to our Facebook, our Twitter, and our Discord. Uh, yeah, I'd like the tiny tots, please. You mean a, <laughs> some small tater tots? Yeah, Jesus yeah, your tiny tots. He told them the whole time. They know one beagle. Fire that up. Speaking my language now. You can stream our podcast at iTunes, iHeartRadio, Stitcher Radio, and anywhere else you get your podcast. It's a problematic movie. Yeah, we should pee together at least once per decade, really. He is Dallas Snow Sato because he is. He's jingling those bells. So I'm jingling them bells. Jingle those bells. Look what you did, you little jerk. Check out Snow in Southtown. You won't regret it. And by won't, I mean will. What does a poet and his friends who are Christmas geeks do when they get together? They get drunk and argue about Yuletide Lit. It's time to get lit for Christmas. Join us as we open the liquor cabinet, grab a book off the shelf, and have a little boozy conversation about what warms our chestnuts and makes us holly and jolly. Find out the best screwdriver to scrooge with. Get the recipe for Gift of the Magi Mojitos. Enjoy a little Peppermint Patty Polar Express. Everyone's welcome at this party. It's time to do some Jingle Bell Jello shots and talk about the great, and maybe not so great, works of Christmas literature. Hurry up. The fireplace is roaring and Bing Crosby's crooning. We're two drinks in, and the spirits of Christmas past, present, and future are flowing. Grab a cup of cheer and find a place on the couch. It is time to get lit for Christmas. For the ones who get it done, the most important part is the one you need now. And the best partner is the one who can deliver. That's why millions of maintenance and repair pros trust Granger. Because we have professional-grade supplies for every industry, even hard-to-find products. And we have same-day pickup and next-day delivery on most orders. But most importantly, we have an unwavering commitment to help keep you up and running. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. By the mid-19th century, the hot toddy had secured its place as the cure for the common cold. In an article called How to Take Cold in the Burlington Free Press in 1837, the hot toddy is heralded as a cure-all, just after a story about how to make beet sugar and before a history of earth. If your child begins to snuffle occasionally or to have red eyes or a little deafness, if his skin feels dry and hot and his breath is feverish, you now have an opportunity to doing your work much faster than ever before, an unnamed writer states. The first step is to avoid calling the doctor. Next, feed the child excessive amounts. Finally, make him a drink. Ply him well with hot stimulating drinks, of which hot toddy is the best, the writer recommends sagely. The Burlington paper might have taken things a bit too far in presenting the hot toddy as a panacea, but the question remains, will a hot toddy cure your cold?
Well, yes and no. The drink does contain ingredients that can ease symptoms. Information published by the Mayo Clinic indicates that warm liquids can be soothing, while lemon water with honey can loosen congestion and help prevent dehydration. According to an article in The Telegraph, which quotes Ron Eccles, director of the Common Cold Centre at Cardiff University, the spices stimulate saliva, helping a sore throat, and lemon and honey will stimulate mucus. There is one caveat. Go light on the liquor. It isn't as good for a cold in large doses. But the psychological effect of a warm, comforting drink is important, especially if you're coming down with something beyond seasonal post-nasal drip. Stress and anxiety will have an impact on your immune system and lower your resistance, says Eccles. So if you're worried and stressed, you could take a hot toddy in the way you might take a mild sedative or a tranquilizer. The hot toddy has been an American staple ever since. Now there are cranberry hot toddies, grapefruit hot toddies, and whatever other addition and substitution you can imagine. It beats out all other hot drinks like mulled wine, bourbon apple cider, and even the newest trend, red wine hot chocolate. It survived the test of time for a reason. The hot toddy is the undeniable champion of hot drinks. The drink even has a day dedicated to itself, January 11th. I've been served toddies with basically the essence of a potpourri bag floating in it. Overdoing one way or the other is just stupid, and this applies to any sort of drink, says Jeffrey Morgenthaler of Clyde Common in Portland, Oregon. But when he was looking to get to the heart of the toddy for a permanent spot on his menu, what he found earned a tepid response. Really, who cares what spirit you use, says Morgenthaler. If you like whiskey, use whiskey. If you like brandy, rum, or pear eau de vie, use that. What does matter, he says, is heat. Morgenthaler adopts a Bain-Marie approach. This involves heating the spirits by pouring very warm water into one mixing tin, then adding the base spirit, in his case, bourbon, allspice dram, lemon juice, and house-made ginger syrup in the other, then nestling it in the first. It's sort of a double-boiler concept to get the spirits warm and release their aromatics. Then you add a little hot water, stir, and serve. I've been served so many warm or lukewarm toddies that I was looking for a way to drink the whole drink hot, said Morgenthaler. A splash of hot water alone doesn't result in a hot drink. The Bain-Marie is our way of getting those ingredients up to temperature. That's the secret to our hot toddy. It's actually hot. A great hot toddy should have the perfect balance in acidity and sugar without being too strong, as vapors make it unpleasant to drink hot, says Nico DeSoto, who created a toddy riff, the Bad Santa, for Miracle, the national Christmas cocktail pop-up that kicks off in November. It's one of the most complicated toddies out there, consisting of hot milk punch made with Barbados rum, Trinidad overproof rum, Batvia Iraq, pineapple juice, lemon juice, almond milk, myriad spices, coconut water, and coconut oil. But the combo works. 
DeSoto found that adjusting the sugar level was key because he says in its hot form, the drink requires more sugar than if it was served cold. It's all about balancing what spirit you put in. I prefer rum, but that's a personal opinion. As long as you have a good quality base, you can make it work. You can even use Fernet. In case you're wondering, uh, Fernet is an Italian type of Amaro, a bitter aromatic spirit. Fernet is made from a number of herbs and spices, which vary according to the brand, but usually include myrrh, rhubarb, chamomile, cardamom, aloe, and especially saffron, with a base of distilled grape spirits. Fernet's usually served as a digestif after a meal, but may also be served with a coffee or an espresso. Certain spirits bring their own level of sweetness, says Lachman, who gravitates towards the traditional with the toddies on his menu for the vanilla and caramel notes that whiskey or brandy tend to pick up from time in a barrel. Personally, I try to stick to the original sweetener, honey, because it's the throat-soothing part of the drink, and other sweeteners don't exactly do the trick or have the same texture or flavor. The secret to balancing the components comes from trial and error. I've seen a lot of toddy variations, but it basically boils down to alcohol, citrus, sweetener, and hot water. The light aromatics take a hot toddy to the next level and enhance the overall flavor of the drink, says Lachman. Plus, using baking spices or herbs opens up a lot of creative possibilities to riff on the classic combination. By putting a sprig of rosemary or a clove-studded orange peel in the same drink, it will bring out different notes in the base spirit or the house syrups and honeys we use. Your nose plays a big role in how you taste. There's even a Scottish folk country dance called the hot toddy. Scottish country dance is the distinctively Scottish form of country dance, itself a form of social dance involving groups of couples of dancers tracing progressive patterns. The dance consists of a sequence of figures these dances are set to musical forms which come from the Gaelic tradition of the Highland Scotland, as do the steps used in performing the dances. Country dancing, which is arguably a type of folk dancing, first appears in the historical record in the 17th century of England. Scottish country dancing as we know it today has its roots in 18th century fusion of English country dance formations and Highland music. So if you want to see the hot toddy performed as a Scottish country folk dance, I'll put a link to a video in the show notes. So finally, I may not be telling you anything you don't already know about a hot toddy, the specifics of which seem to get passed along in families more often than your average cocktail. Many people, after all, have an older relative, which one who provides warmth and kindness and a soft, expansive bosom to rest upon, who sees cold symptoms in their loved ones and leaps to provide trusted home remedies. Some may even have a lovely Scottish brogue or an ancient calico cat. So the next time the weather outside gets frightful and you turn to your trusty friend, the hot toddy, take an extra second and appreciate that warming mug of joy. The concept took a long journey to make it to your fireplace-less apartment. Thank you for listening to the Serving of Seasons Eatings. 
Seasons Eatings is available on all your favorite podcast players. Please, if you can, leave a review about the show so we can spread the Christmas cheer. And if you let me know you've left a review, I'll send you a Seasons Eating sticker as a personal thank you. Also, I would love to hear from you. You can send me an email at seasonseatingspodcast at gmail.com. Let me know how you like the show, suggestions for future episodes, or just to say hi. Now, I know we all get busy, especially during the holidays, but sharing the show with someone you know who loves Christmas would be a big help. And if you're feeling extra generous this holiday season, you can buy me an eggnog. Head on over to seasonseatingspodcast.com and click on the little cup in the corner. Each small donation is greatly appreciated. And Seasons Eatings also has your next great gift. Just click on the merchandise tab to find the next perfect gift for the foodie in your life. I'm your host, Glenn Warren. Thank you for listening and tune in again for another serving of Seasons Eatings. Seasons Eatings is also part of the Christmas Podcast Network. Whatever interest you have with the holidays, there's probably a podcast out there talking about it. You can find Seasons Eatings with all the other podcasts at christmaspodcasts.com. Drop on by to find your next podcast addiction. All music for Seasons Eatings is used under the Creative Commons license.